Welcome to the Warty Traveler podcast, where we discuss books, travel, and everything we all love. This podcast is brought to you by thewartytraveler.com. The Warty Traveler is a community of readers who have a love for travel and a heart for giving back. To learn more about this seasonal book club that has been featured in Town & Country, Oprah, Condé Nast Traveler, Travel and Leisure, Reader's Digest, InStyle, Forbes, and USA Today, please visit thewordytraveler.com. Join us in helping to make the world a better place, one book at a time. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the Wordy Traveler podcast. My name is Brian Nichols, and I'm here in the studio with the founder of the Wordy Traveler, who also happens to be my wife and literally best friend in the entire world, Cindy Nichols. And we have a very special interview coming for you today. Uh, Cindy, you got a chance to interview a Wordy Traveler subscriber and also someone that was able to join us on our very first Wordy Traveler trip to Peru. And uh, during that trip, DJ not only became a very close friend, but as she mentions in the interview, uh, part of the family. But uh, you, we had such a great time with DJ, and I could tell as soon as you guys were, began the interview, you just rekindled that friendship uh, right away. And uh, clearly, you guys had a fantastic time uh, during the interview and being able to talk to each other. I had a wonderful time. Thank you, DJ, for being part of the podcast and for coming on the Wordy Traveler trip. That trip was the first time we got together in person with our Wordy, with many of our Wordy Traveler subscribers. And you just never know meeting somebody for the first time what it's going to be like, especially when you're with someone or a group of people for a couple of weeks. But all of the attendees of the Wordy Traveler trip, DJ, Michelle, Sarah, Mike, Daniela, Leah, Enid, we had such a great time together, and we just became so close by the end of the trip, and DJ is just an incredible person. We sat together on our first flight going from Lima to Cusco, and I did keep her up asking her a bunch of questions about herself, but she is fascinating and just such a beautiful personality, but I'm so excited we get to do this podcast today. Because our last podcast was with actually one of our tour guides on that trip, Rudy, and he was talking about Peru and maybe some recent headlines in Peru. But since that podcast, Peru has opened back up to tourism, so we are so excited about that. And I was just talking to Rudy the other day, and they are so excited to welcome people back to their country. And the thing he said is, he goes, I hope nobody is scared because Peru is beautiful and it's safe and they are looking forward to having tours resume and tourists to come back. So if you are listening to this podcast in Peru with someplace that was on your bucket list or maybe you already have a trip planned there, this is a great podcast to kind of go over some of the experiences you'll have and maybe give you some tips and trips of some things to do or to try. Lastly, uh, in this podcast, we talk a little bit about some upcoming travel for both DJ and myself, and we are going to Egypt next February with Adventures by Disney, and I'd like to welcome anybody who's listening to this and says, man, I wish I could have gone on that Peru trip. We'd like to uh, invite you to come to Egypt with us February 13th through the 22nd of 2024, 
As of a week ago, there were six rooms left. And on that trip, it's going to be not only Brian and myself, but we also are excited that we are going to have um, a person who's been on the Wordy Traveler podcast and one of our authors, Michelle Schumann, will be on that trip with us. So if Egypt is a place you've wanted to see, I highly encourage you to uh, call or contact our fairy travel godmother, Sandy, and we will have her information in the bio of this podcast and learn more about joining us in Egypt. Fantastic stuff. We are so looking forward to that. But today I am so looking forward to hearing this interview because, wow, DJ has had so many different experiences and she's been to so many parts of the world and she loves talking about that and she loves talking about the cultures and you'll tell immediately she has such a big personality and such an awesome personality. Uh, it's just a joy to uh, to get to know her, that's for sure, but even just get a chance to listen to her. Uh, we're all going to gonna benefit from being able to hear uh, DJ's insights into her travels, into her thoughts, into all the different experiences that she's had and yes, you guys definitely uh, talk about Peru as well, which I'm so thankful that uh, uh, Peru is now open again so uh, other individuals can get to enjoy what we were able to enjoy as well. So with that being said, let's dive right in and get to your interview with DJ. Can't wait. Here it comes. Hey, Wordy Traveler community. This is Cindy, and I am so excited for this special episode of the Wordy Traveler podcast because I am inter viewing one of my new great friends, DJ, and she is a Wordy Traveler subscriber, and we actually got to know each other on the recent Wordy Traveler trip to Peru. We were rafting buddies and Mm -hmm. push-up buddies and just (laughs) buddies and fun all the time. So um, welcome, DJ, to this episode of the Wordy Traveler podcast. Hi, Cindy. Thank you so much for having me on. It was such a pleasure to meet you. Like that was super awesome. And yeah, so I'm so excited for this. (laughs) Yeah, too. We had, I mean, it was so hard because the last week, I don't know how you felt, but when I got home, I'm like, I miss my friends. Like no more breakfast buddies or hanging out during the day buddies. I'm like, I'm so alone. Absolutely. I was just like, oh, I want to go back to Peru. And everything was Peru this or Peru that. It's like, oh, in Peru, it would have been like this. (laughs) So I totally feel the same. I felt the same way. So you are a Way Traveler subscriber and you were on the trip. But for those who um, didn't get to go on the trip with us, and there were many, can you just um, tell everybody a little bit about you? You have a fabulous background. And um, a little bit about you and your background, and uh, we'll take it from there. Sure thing. So a little bit about me. Um, I was a military brat growing up, and I am actually currently in the military as well. So I followed the family tradition, quote unquote. Uh, I was born in Colorado, raised in Germany, uh, and then I went to high school and graduated my undergrad in Nevada. Um, And I currently live in the great state of Florida where I'm doing my graduate degree um, in healthcare administration. And when I found out about the trip uh, for Peru, I was in, where was I? I was in South Korea, actually. I was serving over there and I spent uh, four years in South Korea. And um, Sandy was the one who reached out to me, um, told me about the trip. At first, I didn't know if I was going to go because one, I was stuck over there. And then two, um, with just my timeline with the military and a move, I didn't know it was going to be feasible, but God 
showed up and made great things and miracles happen. And I was able to go on the trip. Uh, and then, so I signed up for it, paid for it. And then I had a passport issue. I didn't get my passport until two weeks right before the trip. <laughs> so another great show up moment. And then um, I was at a summer camp for our ROTC for two months prior to. So I had like very little prep time for the trip, really like packing or just getting in my mind right um but it was one of the greatest trips i've ever been on in my life um i was so thankful to, to be there and to meet amazing family members now um i don't even consider you guys friends you guys are just straight family uh and yeah i can't wait to go back one day <laughs> so i know we're all saying that we all are like oh we want to go back because there is just such a beautiful country but talk to us a little bit um because south korea uh, is a beautiful country, but one that maybe isn't a lot of people don't see. It's not generally like, you know, one of the hot spots of the world that people mm -hmm. automatically like Peru or, um, India or Africa or, you know, Southeast Asia. Um, even though South Korea is located in the Asian, uh, peninsula but tell us a little bit about living and working in South Korea because that's fast I loved learning about that on the airplane ride when I was keeping you awake <laughs> and to talk to you about your experience in South Korea so first of all thank you for keeping me awake after I did take my little nap <laughs> much appreciate it South Korea in a nutshell is a culture shock and when I say that is because they are so different than from what American culture is so for one, they respect their elders much more than we do. Um, two, family is the nucleus and being by yourself is not, it's not frowned upon, but if you're by yourself, people look at you like, well, why don't you have somebody with you? Like a family member or significant other or whatnot. Um, so that is definitely like just point out more than in America. Uh, the food, oh my gosh, the food is so amazing, so good. They do mostly family style there. So basically uh, having a table, there's a ton of sides, the meat and or main course is in the middle and everyone shares the meal. Um, there's not a lot of fried foods there. So they're a lot healthier nation. Um, and then one of the very significant spots or parts of South Korea is when, as you're traveling, there are little gas stations or little stops um, that have gas stations, they have coffee shops, they have supermarkets, they have exercise things. So it's like a whole experience when you're traveling. Um, so you're not just stopping, filling up gas at some podunk little backcountry area. So it's like, oh, we did get gas and get out. No, you, it's like an actual time to like kind of recharge, reset so that you can continue on with your trip. Um, Public transportation is top notch there. I would literally leave my house and I could go from almost to the DMZ, which is the most northern part, to the southernmost uh, port, which is called Busan, on a train or a bus. And it was just so fantastic. The people were super nice there. Um, there was so much culture and historical spots um, and they pay homage to like their ancestors and their older generation. So it was a fantastic, fantastic experience oh and even though they had a lot of historical stuff they had a lot of new growth so i don't know i'm not to, to assault anyone's intelligence but the korean war did devastate the country and seoul was almost completely destroyed so they had to there's a lot of rebuild and re i don't want to say renewal but it's just newer things versus older things so the older sacred areas yes those are kind of isolated in like the countryside but like the cities are newer because of the war um 
but yeah, South Korea is fantastic. If you want to go there, highly recommend, highly, highly recommend. So if someone is listening to you and they take you up on your recommendation, what are some of the things that you think they should see or what would what would you recommend for anyone going for the first time? So obviously going to Seoul because that is one of the largest cities in the world. Um, definitely in the top 10. I think it's in the top five, uh, if I remember correctly. But it's just so much to do. If you don't do anything, go to Seoul. Like, so you can see so many things. Um, Seoul Tower is definitely a, a hallmark to go to. Um, and from the top, you can see the entire city. You can see the Han River, which is the major uh, river that cuts Seoul into two parts. Um, you can see the the Blue House, which is the president's um, residence. You can see the old castle. I forgot what the palace was called, but from the oof, Myung Dynasty, I think, Myung, Myung, some dynasty, back in the 1500s. So the person who invented the language of Hangul, his palace is there. And it's like the main royal palace there. Um, oh, absolutely beautiful. Uh, what else in Seoul to do? just any, literally anything, anything and everything to solve. But if you don't want the big hoopla of a big city, I recommend going to Busan. So Busan is the port city. Um, it is the southernmost part of South Korea, not including Jeju, which is an island. Um, Busan was my favorite spot because even though it was a lot of touristy thing, uh, they had so many beaches. Hyangdae Beach is one of the most popular ones, but there was still a lot of historical hidden gems. If you just literally walked off the beaten path, you would find just little hidden, like hidden spots. Um, the last trip, my last trip when I was in South Korea, I went to Busan and I just was walking around and I found this awesome little tea shop, um, an awesome little, uh, it was a spirit slash mead shop. Um, did not, not know that existed in South Korea. And we had a fabulous time there. Um, what else did I find? I found like little historical spots for the person who found Hyundai Beach. Uh, and then just the food. Like, I, I know I keep bringing it up, but the food is so amazing. And even if you don't like Korean food, there are other uh, international foods there. Like there was uh, a lot of Indian spots there. There were a lot of Italian spots there. Um, some American spots, but why would you go to a foreign country to eat American food, you know, like embrace the culture. And then uh, one of the craziest places in Busan, there's a market that has eel there, like the mm -hmm the squirmy little things and what they do, this is super gross, but they skin it as it's alive. And then they just put it like in this pile and it's still like squirming and moving and it's so gross. But it's, if you go to Busan, you have to see it though. <laughs> but it's only like on these side streets. It's not like they're doing like on the main plazas whatnot. So you actually have to go and look for it. Um, but yeah, ugh, they were so weird and gross. And the ladies always try to offer me some. It's like, no, I'm not gonna do it. Because I did find out I, I am allergic to eel. Like it makes me deathly sick. So it's just like, even if I could eat that, I wouldn't, but I can't because I'm allergic to it. Thank <laughs> um, you allergies. Right, exactly. <laughs> but, oh, and then finally for Busan. So there are these things called hotas and they are these round pancake looking things. Uh, they are filled with cinnamon and nuts mm -hmm. and they are the best winter treat ever. And there was this lady who we went to go see every other time we went to the market and she made the best ones and they were only like 75 cents. And so we would just get like 10 of them and there would just be lines and lines waiting for these hot dogs. <laughs> 
they were so amazing. So yes, if you go to South Korea, make sure you get a hotra. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so yummy. Oh, yes. Cinnamon and nuts is right up my alley. So mm-hmm. um, South Korea, and you talked about, you know, you've actually traveled a fair bit, both in the U.S. and out. What are some of the favorite places that you've been to? So I went to Okinawa, Japan. I used to live in Japan when I was very small um, for two years, I think. So that was uh, in Misawa Air Force Base. So I don't really remember much of that. So please don't hold me to that. Um, I got a unique opportunity to travel to Rwanda, which is in Africa, for it was a cultural trip that the military sent me to. And we got to work with the Rwandan Air Force and Army, um, teaching them English. And then in turn, they taught us about their culture. That was, oof, talk about heartbreaking and just, just impactful because... Of course, the genocide that happened in 1992, I want to say 1991, 92 um, timeframe. And you got to see the historic, historical sites and some of them they preserved for, so it looks like when it did, when the actual genocide happened. So definitely heartbreaking, um, but, but just an eye opening about what happens when the world doesn't get involved with certain things. Um, so if you can't go, to any African country, I would recommend going to the non-popular ones so you can get that history. Um, I used to live in Europe, as I said before, in Germany. So I traveled to Poland, to France, Luxembourg, Spain. Spain was really fun. It, oh man, Spain is a great vacation. It, it, yeah, just, just go to Spain. <laughs> um, and then in the US, I've been to half of the states. So mostly on the West Coast and the now living on the East Coast, I'm traveling across the East Eastern side. Uh, one of my bucket lists is to hike the Appalachian Trail and to visit. So each state that the Appalachian Mountains touch, I wanna visit them prior to and then hike the trails to get that history and get that background. Um, and then I've been to Peru, I've been to Mexico, and I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. So not a lot of places, in my opinion, being that I classify myself as a world traveler, but I've been, I've been around, I've been to a few spots. But you've been to so many interesting places, you know, uh, definitely Korea, but also, you know, you talked about Rwanda, uh, Japan, you mentioned Japan in there. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, those are places, especially Rwanda, that a lot of people don't get to visit. It's really funny you mentioned that because um, I'm going to be going to Egypt in 2024. Excellent. With Sandy, if anybody listening wants to join. Oh! It's not an official wordy traveler trip. It's actually my birthday trip, but I'm opening it up to anybody who wants to come. So if Yay, you guys want to come, join us in Egypt. Um, Yay. Oh my gosh. That sounds so exciting. So, I mean, but a lot of countries like that, people are a little hesitant. Um, you know, there's the famous travel books, Dark Lands, where they mm-hmm. talk about all of these different countries that uh, aren't necessarily tourist countries, but are some that, you know, really would benefit their beautiful countries and beautiful people. So what are some, some thoughts you have if somebody was like, wow, Rwanda, or, you know, some of those lesser known African nations or um, Asian nations that might, might be uh, pricking somebody's interest? So I would definitely say first do your research. Um, there are certain countries that you just should not go to because it's just the climate right there is 
<laughs> not great. <laughs> Let's just say that um, blatantly. Just the political climate and then just civil wars that are going on X, Y, and Z. So definitely do your research prior to. And then um, what I would say, I would say go for it. If you go with like a tour guide or group or something like that, I would not recommend just going and winging it by yourself. Like, oh, let me just fly to Rwanda and just go figure it out. I, that No, I highly recommend you don't do that. Just be simply because you just don't know what you don't know. And then you don't want to put yourself in a predicament that could be catastrophic or tragic or whatnot. So definitely do your research. Um, go with a group, but I say do it. Um, because one, our lives, life is just so short. So it's just like, I don't want anyone to have regrets. Like, oh, I wish I could have done this. or I wish I could have done that. If you have the opportunity and the means to it, just do it, you know? Um, but yeah, I, but definitely understand. But in the last thing I would say is understand the risk that you're taking, right? So even though you do your research and even though you're going with the group, just know that sometimes bad things do happen because you just never know. And then going in like non-peak times, because that's where incidents typically happen is during peak times like during like the summer months or in Africa or certain parts of Africa in the dry season time and like not during like around big holidays or whatnot that uh you can become a target or whatnot so go like non-peak times go during the rainy season when people don't want to be there um uh, maybe not like the whole rain season but like near like the beginning or whatnot um and yeah and just go and go for an adventure and learn and help someone like learn something you know, I would encourage people to go there to learn about the culture versus, oh, let me just check it off my bucket list. Um, so one thing I know we'll talk about this later, uh, that for Peru is everywhere we went, there was always a history lesson. It's like, and then the why is this important? So understanding that um, when you're going to a new country and enjoy the food, because <laughs> that's what makes a country a country is its cuisine. <laughs> So, uh, DJ, not everybody on our trip had weight gain goals, but there were a couple of us smaller people that wouldn't have minded putting on a couple pounds, even though mine failed. But there was actually banter about how much weight. Uh, I think DJ said 10 pounds. Five pounds. Five, five pounds. Yeah. Five pounds. Yeah. <laughs> it was hard to do because we were so active, but you were burning it off so fast during the day. It was hard to, most people lost weight on our trip, but I love how you um, talk about doing your research. And this is one thing that I think uh, even my husband, and I, you know, now that we've traveled more and we have more experiences is tour groups aren't always a bad thing going with a tour. And especially, um, I mentioned our upcoming trip to Egypt, but even Peru, you know, we've had friends who go to Peru and their experience was entirely different than our experience. And they went by themselves and just, you know, uh, interneted it. And, you know, and there are great, and there are times to do that. When we were in Germany, that's how we did it. We were on our own. We just, cause my husband knows German and we felt comfortable, but there are some places in the world where, and some trips where it really is beneficial to have that kind of not only um, support, but to also have the experience that creates a different trip. So let's talk about that with Peru, because we did go with a group, um, mm -hmm. obviously the wordy traveler group um, with Adventures by Disney. But going into the trip, what were some of the things that uh, what were some of your expectations or things you were looking forward to? Oh, so looking forward, to, so I'll start with looking forward to 
first and then jump to the expectations. So of course, looking forward to Machu Picchu. Um, and then of course, llamas. So for listeners, I am obsessed with llamas. Uh, they are my favorite animal of all time. And I almost cried when I saw them. <laughs> and they're just, they're just amazing creatures. Um, and just, ugh, I just, I just love them. So uh, uh, I was looking, those were the two things I was looking for. And then the whitewater rafting. Those are the three things I was looking for too. Expectations. So I was expecting it to be more of a, hey, here is a place. And this is why it's important. Here are some facts. Okay, explore. Take pictures and then move forward. And then we eat. We try to bond with whoever's in our group. Maybe not, you know, just depending on who was there. And then we go home. But what happened was the complete opposite of that. It was, this is our home uh, from our tour guides, from Rudy and Harvey. This is like their backyard. This is why it's important to them. This is the history. This is our take on it. This is why it's important. Here are some questions that make you think about the input and how can it impact you? Here are all the photos, the videos, Rudy, the professional amateur photographer, all the great food, the great conversations, and then the bonding. Like it wasn't that we were forced to bond, but we like had no choice to bond because we were just all so connected while we were there. And I was not expecting that. I was just expecting, it's like, okay, I'm going to do this trip. Yeah, I'm going to put on a fake face. Well, not fake face, but just like the face, like, okay, I'm the pleasantries, you know, X, Y, and Z. But no, like I said, you guys, I consider you guys my family now because it was just, it was just amazing just how close we got. You know, when we left, it was like, I, I know I'm embarrassed to say this. I did cry because I was just like, I don't want to leave these great people. It's just like this great experience. And I think because we had the tour guides, they made it great and they made it personal for us because it was personal to them. I mean, how many times did Rudy and Harvey say that this is our, our hometown? Like this is, when I was young, I did this. Or when I was young, this was here, X, Y, and Z. You know, it just, it was just incredible. And to the point that you made earlier about tours being not a bad thing. It's hundred percent true because you don't know what you don't know when you're going to a new spot. Right. And so now that we've been to Peru, I would be okay going by myself and then just doing certain things, but I would never do that prior to this trip. Um, and then with you and your husband going to Germany, since he spoke German, you guys can figure it out. You know, like it's, you guys understand and know the language. And if you have questions, you can ask the locals and not look like those crazy Americans, you know, always messing things up in X, Y, and Z, you know? Um, but if you don't have those experiences, like the tour guide, uh, you just, you don't, I don't think people can fully embrace and understand, well, not understand, but fully embrace the experience without it. I mean, I'm sure you could, but it's just, it, it would not have been the same without our tour guides for this trip. thousand percent. I agree. There were so many sites that when I looked at the original um, itinerary, I'm like, okay, we can cut that off. We can cut that off. Like, let's just do Machu Picchu. Like, frankly, that's why we're all going. Let's just spend five days there. Why are we doing all of this other stuff? Mm -hmm. But the, the 
you know, I would have probably number one, if I went on my own, never had seen those other things. Cause I would have done just what I thought I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But number two, I wouldn't have under, I wouldn't have had such, I wouldn't have had an understanding of the country and the culture and those other sites, like the mores and the salt pans and mm-hmm. they were amazing. Sexy woman. I mean, they were <laughs> incredible sites. That's actually how you pronounce it. People. It is. It is. Out of the gutter, folks. Mind that we're not that type of podcast. This is a family podcast. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> but you're a thousand percent correct. Like there were things that I just that Rudy or Harvey would point out, and it's just like as just someone, if I would have been doing this by myself, I would never have even turned my head to look at X, Y, and C or seeing that significance. Just like, for example, when we went and did the, um, the music thing with the flutes, you know, and that history and understanding just like the background of the music maker or whatnot. But then we were outside and just seeing like just little, just little, just tidbit. I want to say like Easter eggs, but they're like, we've never been there before. So not really Easter eggs, but you know, like it's just like like hidden mickeys that's a good term like we saw like many hidden mickeys it's just like the beauty of cusco it's just like man we just i we never would have noticed that if if we weren't did have the tour guides and then another example is like when the bus when um we left giovanni oh, our beloved bus driver um when they were having that saint christopher saint it was saint christopher right the cathedral yeah yeah so they were having saint but he's still a saint there Right, right. So they were having that ceremony and we got to walk down the street, you know, and we got to see it live and see the people coming together and celebrating their history and their religion and their beliefs, you know, like you never, I mean, you could have happened upon that as a tourist without a tour guide, but there's like, what is happening? Why are these people here? X, Y, and Z. But they gave us like the whole background. And then as we were just going down that monstrosity of a hill, oh my goodness, that hill was awful. <laughs> but it was just, just those little, like those little head and Mickey's just, uh, I, I just can't get over it. And I can't explain enough how great they made the trip and just made it feel like we were a part of that history. So it's fantastic. So since uh, we've mentioned a couple times our shared love of food, what was some of your favorite food you tried on the trip? Oh my gosh. Oh, so the ceviche, hands down, number one favorite. And so ceviche, for the listeners who don't know, it is fish, raw fish that is marinated in onions, limes, it's something else. I don't remember what the third thing was, but it's delicious. <laughs> it is absolutely delicious. At first, when Harvey was explaining it to me, I was like, um, I don't know about that. I mean, I'll try it, but I don't know. But then I actually tasted it. Oh my gosh. Anytime it was served, I was like, I want CBJ. I am obsessed with it because the number one thing of Peru, everything was fresh like super fresh and I had offended Harvey when I was just like yeah I was like is anything like frozen like what happens if it's frozen he's like we don't do frozen here I was like well excuse me for being America that I don't live next to a fresh market you know (laughs) but it was just so crazy you know it's like frozen would never be considered there like anything frozen like everything was so fresh and so the best meal I think that I had was the very first one when we were at the 
where they were doing the um the weaving so that very first oh my gosh and that chicken so there was like chicken uh, avocado tomatoes bell peppers and then there was like another course of um not Cusco uh quinoa and there was salmon there there was so much food guacamole oh the guacamole guacamole Oh my God, was the best I have ever had in my life. And I've been to Mexico and I thought they did the best guacamole, you know? Like, oh my gosh, there, there was just so much food. Hold on, maybe, let me pull up a photo. Cause I took pictures of everything. Everything that we ate, I took a picture of. I'm because... doing that right now. The homemade <laughs> potato chips. <gasps> yes, yeah. with the guacamole. Oh, the guacamole. so good. Okay, here we go. Yeah, so there was chicken, avocado, and tomatoes. And I scared the guy because he tried to take the plate away. I was just like, wait, we're not done with it. <laughs> so funny. And then the corn. So the amount of corn that we ate and potatoes, I was just like, I didn't, how many potatoes did Rudy say that there were like 500 types or something like that? Bonnie said 7,000 variety. 7,000. It was something outrageous. Yeah, I, I can't believe it. And I think we ate about 500 of the 7,000 yeah. because there were so many potatoes. So yeah, there were like potatoes and there was a quiche. There were mushrooms in it. So I wasn't a, a fan of that. But um, yeah, that, that potato mix. And then, oh yeah, for the dessert, we had the tea and then the chocolate covered strawberries and then the little cake like thing. I don't know what was in it, but it was so good. Oh my gosh, it was so good. Um. That was my favorite meal of all the meals that we had. And it was the first one. So everything else was amazing. But that one, mm, it just took cake. No that was a special meal. And I believe that was a private catered meal for our mm-hmm. group. And it was, yep. I think they said catered by one of the top restaurants in the area, I think is that, what Rudy told me. And it that's right. was really, really good. Oh, so um, good. Did you, did you try, because you're a big, you know, you love the llamas, but did you try llama while you were there? I did. I did not care for it simply because I knew it was llama and it just, my psyche just psyched me out. I think I ate it twice. The one time when I asked about it and another time I asked what I was eating and no one told me what I was eating. I was like, I think this is llama, but I wasn't sure. So I just kind of just went with it. (laughs) People not telling you. Um, I know. So, and of course the other big delicacy, which I'm a pescatarian. So I, I did once again, have an excuse not to eat it, even though I always try to try things, but meat is no bueno, uh, was guinea pig. <laughs> the cooey, right? Did you, yes. Did you cooey? I did not, did I? Oh no, I did. So when we were at the Soli Luna, yeah. one night for an appetizer we tried it and it was they were kind of tasty I'm like, oh, I said they tasted like chicken wings they you know? kind of did yeah yeah and they were they so how big the kubis were and then how little their legs are I'm just like hmm, this is a little bit disproportionate but that's fine <laughs> but yeah they were they were interesting and then when we went to um that one town where we saw the, the, the statues and PP versus Pepe. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So to describe what we're talking about here is uh, there's Kui stands um, all dotted throughout the Sacred Valley. 
but they do not do, and uh, don't get mad at me for mentioning this restaurant if you're not a fan, but they do not do the Chick-fil-A for, form of advertising where they show the opposite, like they show cows instead of chickens. The Cooey places advertise <laughs> by showing you pictures of uh, the Cooey very excited that you're going to their restaurant, the guinea pigs, and they're dressed up in all these outfits. And a lot of the signs have them like smiling, like, um, but there's this one where they have these massive, I don't know, nine foot tall statues yeah, of cooies that look like Incan gods mm-hmm. advertising <laughs> for their restaurant. So you go down the street and leading up to this cooey restaurant is these statues of guinea pigs dressed up like Inca gods. <laughs> and it makes for a great photo op. We'll, we'll put pictures of this on the Wordy Traveler website so you can see what we're talking about. But it's really kind of wild when they're like, eat me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was it was so funny that <laughs> it, it yeah, that there's no way to describe it just. You just look at it, it's like, did I just see that? And then another one pops up, it's like, yes, I did just see that. And another one is like, this whole world is cooey, cooey gods. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, goodness. That was funny. That was really funny. And we had two um, little girls with us on our trip and uh, who have a pet guinea pig. So we, uh, our guides loved to joke with them about their guinea pig being tasty uh, and only <laughs> As anyone who is around or knows seven-year-olds, how that went down, uh, the playful banter. So that was really fun. Oh so my about the food, And then there was obviously the Pisco Sour, which, how was your experience with the Pisco Sour? I'm a little bit jealous that I did not get to make one like you and Michelle, um, but they were so good. Oh, jealous in like in a good way. You know, it's just like, oh, I got to experience it though. Just like you guys, they were so good I have actually started looking for Pisco and it is not sold where I've been looking (laughs) I don't know where I need to go to find it but I want one good grief they were so good just so good and um the night or yeah the night that I left so uh we were in Cusco and I got to explore the city I actually had a Cusco sour at the restaurant called Jonas that um Harvey always talked about oh just chef's kiss delicious Mm, mm, mm. so we talked you kind of also talked about some of the things you learned so of the things we did and I know this is hard this is like saying what's your favorite baby but um what were some what what were a couple of the highlights I mean we've been talking about highlights but like what were your top three things (laughs) so (laughs) the number one was the train ride back from Machu Picchu (laughs) because that's where all the bonding occurred. Um, For the listeners, so to get to Machu Picchu, you had to take a train. Um, And then there is a very (laughs) exciting, and I say that very loosely, uh, bus ride that you had to take up the mountain. Um, And that if you are not close to God, you will become close to God (laughs) while you're riding up (laughs) Or whatever higher power you believe in. That was a very scary bus ride. And I have driven in Seoul, South Korea. And I thought that was the scariest until I went to Peru. I was like, no, that was the scariest. Um, but the train ride back, it's just, <laughs> just the jokes in the bench. So that's where we became family. Like that was my favorite part because 
<laughs> just just the jokes and the good times. And then we're reminiscing about how beautiful Machu Picchu were, was. And then there was a show on the train. Um, and I, we did not know the show was occurring because the speaker's going and it's in Spanish at first. And then it's in English. And it's like talking about history. You're like, okay, blah, blah, blah. We're tired. So I, I had my eyes closed. <laughs> And then all of a sudden I open my eyes and there is a devil woman in my face. <laughs> and when I said, I actually screamed. <laughs> like I legitimately screamed, like she scared me. And it was funny because if I would have had my eyes open I would have seen her coming, but no, because I had my eyes closed, I did not. And Mike, Sarah's husband had his back to her. So that's why he was scared because he had no idea, but everyone, was just cracking up because I was scared. It's like, Deej, why didn't you see her coming? It's like, because I had my eyes closed. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> we'll never forget that. that. That was the highlight. And then um, my second favorite was Machu Picchu because um, I am a person who loves to be in nature. And more specifically, I love mountains. And the serenity, the peacefulness, the beauty, the majesticness, just the, I can't believe I'm here feeling of being in Machu Picchu um, in the cloud forest in this ancient historical sacred place. Just, Sydney, I can't even express into words like how incredible that felt. Um, I just, I could have just sat at the beginning and looked at the mountains the whole time. <laughs> I really could have and just the history about the why they built it about the why they abandoned it it's just heartbreaking you know it's just like man if they if the Incas could have gotten their act together like what could it have fully looked like like completed you know so if I don't know if uh for the listeners Machu Picchu is not a completed site um and there is actual a pile of just rocks just randomly there. And you can see that that's where they left off. And just, and also because it was abandoned for hundreds of years, like some, a lot of the vegetation overtook it. So some of the, um, the structures were not as sound as it could have been, but the fact that over hundreds of years, the forest took over. And then in 1911, that's when it was founded, but it's still as beautiful as it is today. That says something. Um, and then the most incredible part, in my opinion, was the history about where the peace symbol comes from. So if you look at different um, logos for Peru, the P looks like a spiral. And the reason it's being is because at Machu Picchu, there is a mountain in the center of it. And then two branches that kind of uh, surround it in a spiral shape. So if you've lifted it up, lifted the mountains up and looked at it from a bird's eye view, it'd be in a spiral. And that's where the key comes from. And when, so Ernesto was telling us about that. He was an additional guide that we had for two days. Uh, well, he said that I couldn't like stop imagining like just the, the formation of how the earth came to be uh, in the, the Yorubamba river to the left of it. So would have been, I think the east side. I don't know, don't ask me about cardinal directions, but if you're standing on Machu Picchu, it's to the left. <laughs> um, just imagining how the earth was shaped for this perfect location, just, 
whew, cannot get over it. And I look at photos and I just take myself back and just those feelings all over again. That's why, that's the main reason why I want to hike the Inca Trail is to see that coming over. So um, there were multiple trails. So this is for the listeners, the multiple trails that got you to Machu Picchu, but there's only one Royal Trail and the Royal Trail comes over the mountains and then you descend upon it. Other trails, you come from other mountains, you have to go down said mountains to go hike back up another mountain. But the Inca Trail, um, the Royal Inca Trail, excuse me, was the only one that you uh, crested a mountain and then you descended upon Machu Picchu. So that's what, and I want to see that. Um, Cause I think I would, I think I might cry if I see that in person and just like a four day hike over brewing territory or terrain, not territory, um, in high altitude. It's going to be not easy, but I think it would be so worth it. So yeah, so that definitely was besides the, the train ride. That was my highlight. Um, and then seeing the llamas, <laughs> They are so funny. Like, so llamas are kind of like dogs in the way that they have personalities. <laughs> so there were some llamas that would not leave you alone. They were all up in your face, unless you had, unless you had food. If you didn't have food, they didn't want anything to do with you. But if you had food, they were all up in your face. Then there were some that were kind of shy, but if you like ease your way to them, they would open up. Then there were some, there were like five of them that would turn their backs on you. Like they wanted nothing to do with you. And I'm just like, I'm here to see you. You're gonna treat me like that. Okay, that's cool. Um, so just seeing the different types of personalities in llamas, I, I guess I should have expected that, but that was like a nice surprise. So it's like, oh, they're just, they're like any other creature and they have their own personalities. You know, they're super unique. Um, so seeing them definitely was super awesome. Uh, so yeah, I think those would be my highlight. Oh no, and the final highlight was my last day or the last day when everyone was leaving, I got to explore Cusco and just walking around and just seeing the historical sites. I went to two museums um, and learned more about the history and just heartbreaking stuff again, like what the Spaniards did later on um, in the name of religion. I put in air quotes because it was just barbaric what they did to the um, Inca people um, in the Peruvian the Peruvian natives and just, yeah, that was heartbreaking, but also just seeing the beauty that still stands that you can definitely see the Spanish influence, but you can also tell like, this is truly Inca. Um, so those would be the highlights definitely for the trip. Cusco is an amazing city and Machu Picchu is beautiful. And most people I don't think realize that Machu Picchu is actually in a valley. It's actually lower than Cusco because you go down into it. Um, and, you know, you just see it in the mountains. So you think it's above you, but actually when we were there, it was the lowest elevation we were at, I think the entire trip. Yeah. Minus Lima. Yeah. So, um, mm -hmm. so it's a very kind of interesting, you kind of have to switch your mindset of the way you've imagined it to be. Mm -hmm. So moving forward, um, what are some of the places that are on your bucket list? Oh, so of course, Get, having the travel bug when I got back home, I did a lot of research, like where do I want to go next, right? Growing up in Europe, I obviously want to go back to places I didn't go to. Um, I would love to do a Disney tour to Spain, to Barcelona. Mm -hmm. um, so we went to, when I was a child, uh, we went to Barcelona, but that was just because my brother was born actually in Madrid, Spain. Um, so that, that was super cool to see like the hospital he was born at in X, Y, and Z. Um, and then just seeing Spain. But that's one of those things that we just went and were winging it because my family, my dad had lived there, what, 10 years prior to. So it was like, oh, I know certain areas, but I want to see like the culture, like the stuff that 
tour, like if you're just winging on yourself, you don't get to see. So I would love to see that. Um, I would love to go to Scandinavia mm. to see either Finland, Norway, or Sweden, one of the three, if not all three, why not? <laughs> um, to see the Northern Lights, just to see, because Scandinavia isn't really talked about, except for like Vikings. Like that's all I really know about Scandinavia. So I was like, huh, why not? Just figure it out. Um, Definitely not during the winter time because no one has time for all that cold. <laughs> uh, but definitely want to see that. Um, I would love to go to Australia. I unfortunately never made it over there when I was in Korea. Uh, it just never worked out. So hands down going to Australia um, and just seeing that. And then what was my last? Oh, Vietnam is one of the last. Because one, of course, food is... is the to the center of my heart i love vietnamese food and so i want to see it being made by the old grandma who's been there her entire life saw the vietnam war has been doing this for generations can't see out one eye like i want her making my food and to see how the war impacted their lives as well mm -hmm. um, because that's a war that we don't talk about a lot and i did i, I actually took a history class about it and so there are certain things that I learned there that I would like to see that like live. It was like, okay, so this battle happened here. It was like, or this decision happened here. Like what I want to see, like what that impact had for, for that country. So yeah, those are on my top list. Well, thank yeah. you so much for taking time out of your day to be on the podcast. And selfishly, it was great to see you again and to talk to you. And um, I just, uh, we just had such a great time together. And I'm just so thankful that you're part of the Wordy Traveler community and a part of my family now. So thank you so much. Thank you, Cindy. This was so much fun. Uh, reminiscing about Peru makes me want to go back even more now. Um, and I cannot wait until the next Wordy Traveler um, trip. Wow. Thank you, DJ Jimerson, for an awesome interview. It was great getting to know you on our trip and I loved hearing from you today. I'm excited about our next episode as we welcome author Michelle Schumann back to the Wordy Traveler podcast for a second time. We'll discuss her recent travels to Croatia, Slovenia, and Bosnia-Herzegovina, and much more. So please subscribe to the Wordy Traveler podcast on your favorite platform. Each and every episode, we discuss books, travel, and everything we all love. To learn more about The Wordy Traveler, please visit thewordytraveler.com and consider joining a community of readers who have a love for travel and a heart for giving back. We invite you to join us in helping to make the world a better place, one book at a time. We look forward to being with you again soon on our next episode of The Wordy Traveler Podcast. Mm -hmm.